yeah! Welcome to Big Booth Bets. It's the Get the Money Podcast. I am Nate Stevenson. And again, as always, I am joined by Mr. Big Boofy Skirman and Mr. Tony T-Bone Guarino. What is going on, guys? Week 7. Not the return to the promised land that we had hoped. I'm not liking it, Big. I'm not liking it, Boof. I'm not liking it. Uh, yeah, me neither. I actually just got back from the uh, from the pharmacy. I had to pick up some pain relief medicine, and uh, it is directly related to my bettering results from last week here. And I, you know, I, I need more than just my, my natural methods to get over last week. So I'm, I'm I'm very happy that we have a new week here. We can move on with, move on with our lives. Agreed. Well, ho- hopefully, we'll just attribute that to a you know a short preseason for you and. Uh... Yeah, we'll get we'll get back get back to our winning ways here that we're we've become accustomed to. How about you, Tone? Well, much like you, Boof, I too have just returned from the pharmacy, but uh, for some preparation H, <laughs> as opposed to the painkillers for that burning relief, you know where. <laughs> but on that note, let's uh, take a look at last week's uh, burning pile of whatever. All right, Tone. Yeah, hear that? Let's get into uh, the. Uh... Tales of Woe that was a non-profitable Week 7. And our losses were the Ravens, minus 6.5, which was looking good until they did their normal thing that they've seemed to like to do this year, which is give up a second-half lead. They almost did. Uh, They ended up winning by three. They should have won by more than that and covered the 6.5, so that was a loss. Bucks minus 10.5. God knows what's going on in Tampa Bay because the world was on Tampa Bay to beat the Panthers. So not only did they kill a lot of bets, they destroyed a lot of survivor pools with that pick, including yours truly. So that sucked. And then the uh, New England Patriots in the one, one, another one that no one saw coming. They just straight up lost to the uh, Chicago Bears, one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, so that blew both of our teasers. So another crappy teaser week and that's that's our four losses our two wins seattle plus five and a half they won straight up which was great and the chiefs minus two and a half they also easily took care of business so two and four week on the podcast picks that sucked but um it's nice to see that something that does continue to stay consistent is i crushed on the pizza box Three and one. Boof. Did your butt hurt even a little bit more? Is that why you also had to go to the pharmacy? Yeah, that was definitely a large factor in me needing to go to the pharmacy. <laughs> if, if I may, I, I would like to vent for just a, a brief brief moment here. Please do. So we got the Lions and the Cowboys last week. I'm I'm getting I'm getting a touchdown with the Lions. We're in the fourth quarter. Pretty. I haven't been able to like see a replay, but I'm pretty sure the Lions' tight end actually scores a touchdown, which should give Detroit the lead. I believe it would have made it 13 to 10, and kick the field goal, go 14 to 10, something like that. They rule them down at like the three-inch line. Detroit doesn't challenge it. Next play, Jamal Williams, who has one fumble in like five years, like fumbles the handoff, gives it to Dallas. Then Dallas, of course, pulls away the rest of the fourth quarter. That was actually his, that one. That was actually his first career lost fumble. Oh, okay, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Literally his first fumble ever. 
loses it from less than half a yard away from the goal line. Then we go Jaguars and the Giants. I guess I just got that one wrong. I can't cry that much. And then there's Packers in Washington. And the Packers have a defensive touchdown. They're ready to put put the steamroll into full gear. And that gets called back for some bogus penalty. And then stupid Taylor Heineke, who was trashed for like two and a half quarters, decides to start playing good again and screw me. So really, I should have easily gone three and one. And instead, I went one and three. And here I am. <laughs> I mean, you know, water finds its level. You know, uh, the standard is a standard. And, uh, you know, we want volunteers, not hostages, Booth. So, um... <laughs> amen. <laughs> and then seriously, like, how about New England? Like, can you beat the Bears by two points coming oh, off of a bye week here? It's really not that hard. Oh, my God. Yes. I, I'm i definitely with you there, Booth. I, I, I was about to – I was all ready to text you, be like, Booth, you know, you coming – I know, you know, we didn't have a great week with the podcast picks, but first week you're back on the podcast, I finally have a, a highly profitable week. Because all I need is the Patriots to just beat the Bears by a touchdown. And your boy here wins about 75 hundo last week. And no, they just straight up just start taking it in the teeth. So, yeah, it's it, 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 very frustrating. Very frustrating end of the week for, for years truly. So, um, I'm definitely ready to move on to week eight. Yeah, let's, let's, let's move forward. Let's do it. All right. Well, as always, we'll skip Thursday because we record on Thursday, and you can find those picks on our official Twitter. But we'll start things off Sunday with the Denver Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars laying two and a half, and the over/under at thirty-nine and a half. So you would have thought that I would have learned my lesson from last week and some of the previous weeks, but I have not. And I'm uh, I'm going to lay it with the Jaguars here. I like the minus two and a half. This is easily. Um, as much of a bet against Denver as it is for the Jaguars. Um, I actually like the fact that Jacksonville traded away James Robinson and they're going to feature Travis, Travis, Travis Etienne more uh, in the offense. And uh, I just think Denver stinks. So I like the Jaguars at home laying, laying the two and a half. I also lean Jags, which are basically the London default home team. They have more experience there than anybody else. But I don't trust either of these offenses. I do trust both of these defenses against these suspect offenses. So uh, I like under 39 and a half. Uh, if you can get under 40 or under 40, 40 and a half, even better. But um, the Broncos have shown that they don't like to score. The Jags have shown that they are inconsistent against anyone that is not the Colts or the Chargers offensively. So uh, I like under 39 and a half. You wanna you wanna take a dive on in on that with me, Booth? Nah, too low. Too low. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll uh, we'll be, we'll be on Revis Island, but we'll be on uh, Nate Island. We'll take that units. All right. Up next, we have the Chicago Bears at the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys laying nine and a half, and your over under at forty two and a half. I definitely think it's a tough spot for the Bears after an upset win on a short week. And uh, then you add the fact the Bears just traded their best pass rusher in Robert Quinn to the Philadelphia Eagles. I definitely do not like the Bears to win. I would have been tempted to take the points with the Bears here, but I just, you know, how many shots can you take? Like you're, you have a nice high after that Monday night win thinking like, all right, we got some positive energy going. And then the front office just, you know, gives you another gut punch by trading away one of your leaders and best players 
I don't see that sitting well in the locker room. And then you have to go and face uh, one of the best defenses on a short week in the Cowboys. You have Micah Parsons, who I think will uh, go a long way in containing the um, ability of Justin Fields. And then one last point, Dak against sub-500 teams is 22-8 and eight against the spread and 17-5-2 and two as a favorite. I expect that you're going to get a little bit better showing from him as well after getting that uh, knocking off that rust last week after the thumb injury. So I like the Cowboys to win. I lean laying the points with the Cowboys, and I like the under 42.5. I liked it under 43 better, but uh, we lost that number. So you know, maybe buy a couple points or at least a half a point if you're trying to uh, take that straight up or in some parlays. Um, if you made me, I would take the Bears with the 9.5 points. Uh, I think Justin Fields has been playing better uh, really the last month or so. Uh, I'm still not convinced that Dallas offensively is very good. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott will be out, uh, although truthfully that might be an upgrade having Tony Pollard carry the ball more. That might be. Pollard's explosive. Yeah. It's, I, just know, I just feel like in the past, whenever he has had opportunities like that, he hasn't turned it into the monster day that like you kind of think might be coming. So I, I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. It might be. But uh, time will tell on that one. Um, but not enough confidence to really go either way. But, again, if you made me, I'd take the points with the Bears. All right, moving on. We have the Las Vegas Raiders at the New Orleans Saints. Saints getting one and a half. And you're over under at 49 and a half. Uh, I like the Raiders laying one and a half. Um, I told you last week I think the Raiders are a playoff caliber team. I still feel that way. Uh, the Saints are still rolling with Andy Dalton at quarterback. Uh, Josh Jacobs has been as good as any running back, and their running game in general has been has been as good as any other team in the league. And then you combine that with Derek Carr uh, being his usual um, Pro Bowl caliber. I mean, not like unbelievable, but, but Pro Bowl caliber quarterback play. And uh, Devontae Adams has been outstanding as well. Uh, I do know the Saints have a good defense, but I think the Raiders are good enough to overcome that. And uh, I'm willing to lay the one and a half with the Raiders. Well, Booth, good news. If you like minus one and a half, you can actually get a one out there. So obviously, I want that. <laughs> so um, I, I agree with you. I, I think the Raiders minus one is the is the uh, way to go. Um, Saints are starting Dalton. Still not healthy. Uh, obviously, a quarterback. Whether they uh, whether Jameis is playing or not, I mean, who knows what's going on there? Allegedly, he's healthy enough to play, but. Um, Andy Dalton, a quarterback, that's not what you like. I think the Raiders are the better team on both sides of the ball this year. I will uh, happily lay the one point with the Raiders on the road. And uh, do you want to uh, make that a money pick there, sir? Yes, I do. Oh, let's do it. Let's lock it in. And get that money. Pick. Okay, up next we have the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons laying four and a half. And you're over under at 41 and a half. This was a flip-flop for me. I looked at the board, you know, when it came out early in the week. It was like, oh, Falcons money line. Easy. Just, you know, move on. But uh, Carolina, diving into this game more, Carolina is pretty good against mobile quarterbacks. Uh, the two most mobile quarterbacks they faced this year so far, Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, held them both under 30 yards rushing. So that's a big one with the uh, Atlanta offense featuring Mariota running the ball. I mean, I, I – I think the last two games they haven't even he hasn't even thrown the ball 20 times, which is crazy in today's NFL. 
Um, then you have Atlanta, multiple injury, multiple injuries in the secondary. Both their starting corners are out. I think both their starting safeties are also out. Uh, so at the at worst, at best, I'm sorry, you you might have one of their original starting four sec- members in the secondary actually playing in this game, and so obviously that's very big. And then uh, in the crazy stat category, if the Bucks and Saints lose and and the Panthers beat the Falcons, they will be alone in first place after if they beat the Falcons. <laughs> after they fired their coach and are on their third string quarterback, so uh, crazy stuff there. Allegedly, the and again we'll see because some of this stuff sometimes you know narrative based stuff is just. There's all kind of people putting stuff out there, but allegedly that the team does really like uh, Wilkes, the interim head coach, and they're you know playing hard for him. Hard to argue last week uh, with the result against the Buccaneers. So, um, I it would not surprise me if the Falcons win this game, but uh, I can't argue with it at least being a close game, and wouldn't surprise me if the Panthers pull out some BS and actually win the game. So, give me the four and a half with the Panthers. Um, I would lay it with the Falcons. So Nate made a point that the Panthers are good against mobile quarterbacks. Uh, I think there is a difference between being a quarterback uh, in the passing game and keeping him from breaking out on passing plays and turning them into runs in a team like Atlanta where Mariota is averaging like less than 20 pass attempts per game and they just want to run the ball. Um, Panthers are 20th in the league against the run, so bottom half. And in general, I just think I think Carolina is terrible. I don't know where last week's game came from. Um, but if you want to give me the Wilkes argument, then I would say where were they the week before whenever Wilkes took over the uh, in his first game. So I don't think there's a whole lot of merit to that kind of stuff with Carolina in this case. And I'm willing to lay it with the Falcons. And dare I say, if it is – Pizza box eligible. I mean, ah, uh, definitely not pizza box in the shitty Panthers. Okay, that's what I, thought. All right. <laughs> I appreciate the effort, but I no, 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 no. We're not pe- we're not pizza box. By the way, guys, this is classic Nate. He gets the lead, and then he just doesn't do any more pizza boxes the rest of the year. That's how we roll. Oh yeah, exactly right. Yeah, wait, uh, wait till I'm you know under the influence of a couple you know glasses of apple juice or something. And- <laughs> <laughs> and he catches me in moments of weakness, and he lures me into all these other crappy picks later in the year. This is classic Nate. And my, my counter-argument would be that this is classic Boofy trying to get me to agree to some third-string quarterback and then talk crap if I don't say yes, because I believe. You're the one telling me how awesome they are. That's all. I'm just, just make sure. <laughs> Hey man, you know that sometimes you have to go dumpster diving for some of these some of these picks, you know, and you can come up with come up with some gold. All right. Well, speaking of dumpsters, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Philadelphia Eagles up next, and the Eagles laying ten and a half, and the over under at forty three and a half. Uh, I hate to do it, but I'm going to take the Eagles, and I am going to lay the ten and a half. Uh, I like them coming off of the bye week. I think they are an absolute buzzsaw offensively. Um, I think they are good where the Steelers are weak on defense, which is everywhere. And uh, I like the Eagles to run all over them. I like the Eagles to pass all over them. And I like the Steelers to start the game off 
with a very likely sequence of run, run, pass, punt. And uh, Eagles are going to be up by two scores before you even you know, finish your first uh, glass apple juice. <laughs> I know, Boof. It, it, hurts my, it hurts me to say it. I'm, I'm 100% with you. It's, uh, I, I do appreciate the text. They're just like, dude, can you bet three and out? <laughs> and I'm like, not exactly, but you can bet punt. And so it's that that might have to happen. That might have to happen on DraftKings. But the uh, I'm I'm 100% agree with you in agreement with you on this. The the Steelers still have only won one game without TJ Watt. Uh, don't expect that to happen here. Historically speaking, and this was a crazy stat that I heard. The Steelers have not won a game in Philadelphia since the 1960s. Yeah. Yeah, that's just crazy. So you have you're looking at fifty to sixty years since the Steelers have last won a game there. The last time they played there, they they got beat by almost thirty, got sacked eight times. Honestly, that wouldn't surprise me if the same thing happens here. Wouldn't would not at all. Still, uh, the Eagles have a great defensive front, and now they added Robert Quinn, another awesome pass rusher against our crappy offensive line. And then, as you mentioned, Eagles are coming off a bye. Undefeated home favorites off of a bye are 18-1 straight up and 17-2 and against the spread, covering by at least 11 points a game since 2001. As you said, spread here is 10.5. I, uh, I think I'm on board with you here, man. Do you want to lay with the Eagles? Yes. All right, beautiful. Uh, we're going to lay with the Eagles, 10.5. Um, and something else I liked Eagles over 13 and a half in the first half. That is the current number. They are six and zero this year against that number only scoring as low as 14 points one time and every other half going even higher than that. So, uh, we got the spread locked in. You want to lock that in as well, chief. Oh man. I, I thought we had tweeted that out already. Yes, Absolutely. We did not. We did not. You know, I was, uh, you know, the, didn't get that out. Just talking to the, you know, talking to you, Chief. And but uh, we, we, it's, it's official now since we didn't tweet it out. So we got, uh, we're gonna lock them both in. Two money picks. Fire Tomlin. Let's get that money. All right. Well, moving on, we have the Miami Dolphins at the Detroit Lions. Lions getting four, and you're over under at fifty one and a half. This was another one that initial prognosis for me. I was on the favorite, dived into it, flip-flop to the underdog, which I mean, so far this year is not a bad is not a bad thing as underdogs of over 3 points are 44 and 22 against the spread so far, so maybe not maybe not a bad thing since Detroit's getting 4 points. Miami has a depleted secondary. Detroit has a healthy Amon Ross St. Brown. And uh, that, that is huge. And the person who's going to be on, on him most likely is Xavier Howard, who's the only Miami starter left in that secondary. And he's been playing injured and not very well. So um, you, have a, you have a healthy Amon Ross St. Brown, a healthy Swift coming back for Detroit. Uh, Detroit has put up points against uh, defenses that aren't or at least average or worse. And right now with the injuries in the Miami secondary, that is how I view that Miami defense. Add in golf, golf, 
Goff is much better against man than zone, which uh, Miami primarily plays a lot of man defense and likes to blitz. So um, wouldn't surprise me Miami wins a close game, but it also wouldn't surprise me if Detroit wins straight up. Detroit's getting four. I like Detroit, four points. Uh, I like the Dolphins here. You can say what you want about injuries in the secondary for Miami, uh, but they are undefeated in every game that Tua has started and finished this year. Um, they have covered the number of – I got a three and a half here on DraftKings – I'm sorry, on a FanDuel. They have covered that in every win except for the Buffalo game, which they did beat Buffalo, also worth noting. Um and on the flip side, I would love to know how you expect the Lions to slow down this offense uh, with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Dolphins here, and I, I expect them to smash. Uh, I expect them to slow down that offense by Hutchison concussing Tua and Tua not being able to throw the ball deep enough to actually get it to Waddle and Tyreek Hill. That hasn't uh, been very successful for Detroit thus far this year. <laughs> First, everybody. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's true. Derek I mean, it can quick, be quick, baby. He doesn't hold on to it long. No doubt. But Detroit can also score 40. So this could be another 48 45 game that Detroit loses. Pizza box? You know what, Booth? Uh, you know, uh, at the risk of you calling me a pizza box avoider after all the stuff I put out there, yeah, you know what? I'll, t- I'll take my, my poo with the lines and pizza box you. <laughs> Beautiful. We even, do, we, even give you, we even give you the favorable um, uh, plus four, Nate. I was going to say, I'll even give you your three and a half since there's some three and a halves out there. We'll both take the more favorable line, <laughs> which gives you the opportunity to win or push and me the opportunity to, to, to also win or push, but also lose. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, give, we'll, give, we'll give you some – those are definitely we'll give you a, the, uh, the three outcomes. Exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess for you that would be um, not push. We'll give you the opportunity to, to win or lose. <laughs> you can you can lose, but I can still push. Like Technically, I guess that works better for me. Um, so, yeah, we're okay with that. Peace, folks. Up next, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings laying three and a half. And you're over under at 48 and a half. I'm... Surprisingly, I'm going to go with the cards on this one. The uh, Arizona Cardinals, I think, look a lot better with Hopkins back. So does Mr. Kyler Murray. Stats will back that up as historically Kyler Murray is 9-2 with Hopkins in the lineup and has a 20-9 touchdown interception ratio and also averages 271 yards passing a game versus, I believe, an average in the 230s, about 40 to 50 yards less when Hawkins is not in the not in the lineup. So um, positive stats for the cards there. Also, cards offense averaging 27 points a game with Hopkins, 18.6 without, almost a 10-point-a-game drop without him in the lineup. And then you have uh, Mr. Cliff Kingsbury, Burry, Barry. Actually, be, should be Burry pretty soon, but Kingsbury. 15-3-2 against the spread as a road dog and has won his last eight straight up as a road dog, yeah, which is what Arizona is here. So a lot of good, a lot of good uh, stats um, backing my Arizona play. 
And then we look at the Vikings. Vikings are one of the worst teams in the league defending number one wide receivers and tight ends. Obviously, Hopkins back for the cards. We like that. And Mr. Ertz at tight end for the cards. We also like that. And then uh, even if somehow the Vikings somehow pull out, eke out a win, we've said at nauseum last year how the Vikings play in one possession games, and not much has been different this year as their last four games have been one possession games. And uh, some of those were against some pretty crap teams as well. So uh, Arizona getting three and a half. I like this to be a close game. Give me the, give me the points of the cards. Uh, I'm with you, buddy. I like the Cardinals with the points as well. I actually like them to win the game outright. Um, I was impressed with them offensively with the return of uh, D hop last week. Uh, the Vikings, yes, they only have one loss, but I mean, look, look at who these wins are against. They beat the Packers, who you know you thought was a good win, but as the season has gone on, I mean, the Packers can't even beat Washington. So, how good are they? Uh, they played the Eagles; they got smoked. Then they have wins against the Lions, Saints, Bears, and the Dolphins without two. And Teddy Bridgewater, I believe, got injured in that game as well. So, uh, they've basically beaten beaten up on the bottom half of the league. And I think the Cardinals are going to come in and uh, get a W on the road. And you're giving me an extra three and a half points. I'll let you boy. Give me the Cardinals. Oh, that sounds like a money pick. Yes, it does. <laughs> Let's do it. Get that money. All right. The final one o'clock game for Sunday is the New England Patriots at the New York Jets. The Jets getting two and a half and you're over under at 40 and a half. Um, I like the Jets as a teaser leg. But the problem with teasers this year is we suck at them well it's that but the whole idea of a teaser is it's like oh, okay we got a team laying seven and a half i definitely like them to win so let's just tease them with someone else that i feel the same way with or the opposite where it's like uh you know i, I could see this team's this team's gonna win i definitely like them to keep it close let's tease it up and get over a touchdown um the problem is you really can't count on teams to you know, be consistently playing at that level where you can count on them to win games they're supposed to or count on them to keep games close that they're supposed to. So the problem with that is when you introduce the teaser, you're introducing a second leg that also needs the hit. And uh, I think that's been a that's been a real problem lately. So I, I need to really be a lot more confident in the second leg of these things. Um, so the way I'm going to play this is I'm just going to wait and see if I can't get the Jets up to a plus three at some point. And if I can get that, then give me the Jets a plus three. Yeah, I hear you there, man. That the uh, NFL has been crazy this year with uh, a lot of the upsets and favorites just not getting the job done. So um, I, I think a lot. As I said, you know, in recent weeks, I think the Jets are. I think the Jets are a fraud. I think they're a talented team, but their quarterback play leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, Wilson is currently rated as one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league. And now he has no Corey Davis this week, so that certainly doesn't help the offense. Plus, he has no Brees Hall, which uh, is a it's an absolute huge deal. And um, his backup Carter is uh, your, if you look at their you know compare their yards per carry, I believe he is uh, almost two yards per carry less than Hall. And hey, we brought so, in James Robinson too, baby. Yeah, but you know how much you're going to see. You know they just got him this week, so how much you going to throw him in there? And still, like Brees Hall. I still look at him as way more explosive than James Robinson, who's definitely a quality back for sure. But Brees Hall, I, I he he's been a he that offense 
is different with him in there, and um, he ain't there no more. So that's a huge deal. I I know the Patriots coming off a short week, but historically they have owned the Jets, and um, I expect Bill Belichick to get the job done against a one-dimensional team. He doesn't have to worry about nearly as much mobility as uh, with Zach Wilson as he did with Justin Fields. It's under a field goal. I will go with the Patriots minus two and a half. And also the under here with these uh, two offenses. You think feeling that under, Chief? I could do the under. All right, let's let's lock in that under, baby. Let's get the let's get under 40 and a half. Let's actually double check here. Here we'll double check live on the air here. Make sure we don't get a better number anywhere else. Uh, we got all right, it's under 40 and a half across the board. Just making sure we don't have 41 anywhere. So yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna lock it in for a money pick. Jets. Patriots under 40 and a half. Get the money. Pick. Okay, so the first of the four o'clock games is the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. The Texans getting two and a half, and you're over under at 40 and a half. Uh, just a lean here for the Titans, two and a half. You have an injured Ryan Tannehill, who's honestly not that great when he is healthy, uh, which opens the door for Willis to start, and he has not impressed me. With his passing, I mean, obviously his mobility is a different, is a different, uh, um, you know, different look offensively. But doesn't doesn't scare me much throwing the ball right now. Uh, so I'm not really super confident laying the points with the Titans. I am tempted to take under 40 and a half with Tennessee just scoring their first points in the fourth quarter last week. Um, so, uh, yeah, not not uh, a lot of high-powered offense on either sides of the ball here. So, lean the Titans, do like under 40 and a half. Um, I do like the Titans. I am going to lay the points. Uh, Derrick Henry has rushed for over 200 yards in three straight games against the Texans. And uh, as far as this year is concerned, uh, the Titans have won four in a row. And I believe Henry has rushed for over 100 in – three in a row and it was 85 before that so yeah give me the titans uh, i don't really care who's playing quarterback i don't think the texans are going to be able to stop the run and that's how the titans make their bread and butter anyway so give me the titans do you like the titans enough to really want me to bet the titans booth i do Ooh, you know what considering my record to start the year without you i'm gonna lean on the Wisdom of the big boofy. And we're going to lock it in. Figure that money with the Titans minus two and a half. And I'm talking. Let's do it. Pick. Money pick. Okay, so next we have the New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks laying three. And you're over under at 44 and a half. Um, I guess it's time for me to start uh, giving the Giants their proper respect. I'm going to take the Giants with the points here. I know it's a lot of travel the last couple weeks for them. Um... But I don't know. I just think they're I just think they're a good team at this point. They're they're playing, you know, fundamentally sound football. They play great situational football. They seem very prepared. They have answers. And they seem like they're able to keep games close. And the longer the game goes on, um, they seem to have an answer for the other team. And whoever their opponent is seems to not have an answer for them. Uh, I believe Daniel Jones is he's third or fourth among quarterbacks running the football this year. So they've kind of given him the green light the same way uh, Buffalo did with Josh Allen to just take off and run as he sees fit. 
and it, it, it's working. Uh, give me the Giants plus three. Makes sense. I mean, you know, you have Buffalo's former OC as the uh, Giants head court, head quarterback, head coach now with Dable. So, um, you know, him trying to implement some of the Josh Allen stuff with uh, Mr. Daniel Jones, you know, and his mobility definitely makes sense. I liked Seattle minus three. Uh, if I, I should say I do like Seattle minus three if a lot more if uh, Metcalf plays, and right now he is questionable. Uh, Geno Smith has looked unbelievably good this year from um, what he was expected to be. And uh, Kenneth Walker III, rookie running back, is tearing stuff up in their backfield. And for what it's worth, Giants, you know, bottom half of the league against the run. So I definitely think that matters. If you don't have Metcalf, however, uh, that's definitely going to hurt that Seattle offense some, but maybe not quite as much as you would expect. With the Giants uh, missing their number one corner this game, also missing their left tackle this game. So two key injuries for the Giants here. Uh, so take that, take that into consideration. I still like Seattle minus three. I would like it a lot more, like I said, if if uh, Metcalf was guaranteed to play. So right now, just a lean to Seattle minus three. I do like under 44 and a half. The Giants have not allowed more than 23 points all year. And with Seattle most likely without Metcalf, I don't think that helps their offense. And then a very important official note, I was talking to another friend of mine who was starting to monitor this type of stuff. Jerome Boger is on the game. And normally when Boger is the head official, uh, it is it is under um, – the, the under hits two to one. So twice as much as, as, as the over hits, the under hits – and uh, so under heavy under potential on this game as well, since he is a ref who likes to call out of penalties. So uh, I'm going to lean Seattle minus three, and I like under 44 and a half. You got me thinking about this under here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like With the officials. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I'll do the under. All right, let's do it, man. We're going with the Jerome Boger under special. For the New York Giants, shout out to Mike in West Virginia. Under 44 and a half, let's lock it in. Get that money! All right, up next we have the Washington Commanders at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts laying three, and you're over-under at 39 and a half. Yeah, I like, uh, I like the Commandos here. I, I know the Commanders. I want to call them the Commandos. We're going to go with the Commandos, plus three. I mean, we, you're giving me a second-year, sixth-round pick. Sam Ellinger is starting, getting his first start here. So basically a rookie. And uh, you're giving me three points against that guy? I mean, I like that a lot. I like that a lot, a lot. And he's going against Mr. Heineke, who is 7-2 against the spread in his last nine starts. And only uh, one of those two losses was by half a point. You're giving me, three again, three points against a third stringer making his first start, who, from what I hear is only making his first start because the owner said, I want him to start because Matt Ryan is sucking so bad. So it's not like you have the head, the, the coaching staff who's necessarily on board with this. So I don't think that helps with uh, offensive planning, team chemistry, any of that stuff. Definitely doesn't sound like the, the, the coaching staff was making plans for this guy to start. So I don't see how that's, that's going to help the team. And then uh, you also have Washington, who's a top five run D, 
going against an offense you would expect to have a run-heavy game plan again with that uh, first first start for uh, Mr. Ellinger and Jonathan Taylor in the back in the backfield. I, I don't see that being a good a good uh, a recipe for success for the Colts here. So give me the three points uh, with the Commandos. Uh, I also love Washington plus three. Um, you kind of touched on the backup quarterback situation. Uh, this isn't the Colts deciding that they need a spark with Sam Ellinger. This is Jim Ursay coming down and saying, I want Matt Ryan out of there. And apparently the reason is if Ryan it does not pass a physical in like March or something, uh, the Colts are going to be on the hook for another $17 million. And so long story short, they do not want Matt Ryan uh, basically to play another down to make sure he does not get hurt and they will be able to cut him without penalty uh, at the end of the year. And uh, so if, if Ellinger gets injured, for example, Matt Ryan will not be the guy that goes in. It'll be their third quarterback that will go in. So I think this is an ugly situation for the Colts. I really don't understand why they are the favorite at all, let alone by three. Um, give me the commanders here and uh, let's go ahead and lock that one in. Don't you lock it in. Get that money. You want to do the under, too? I could do the under. I, I, I mean, I don't see any points happening here. I agree. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't see it getting over 37. Yeah, I mean, 2017 max. Yeah, let's do it. Podcast pick, adding in the under. Under 39 and a half as well. Get the money pick. Again. Picks. All right, the final 4 o'clock game is the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams getting one and a half, and you're over under at 43. Uh, I like San Francisco here. Uh, to me, the Rams are just not a good football team right now. Now, I know they're getting their center back. But unless Andrew Whitworth is coming out of retirement also, they're still going to be pretty crappy up front uh, against a very good uh, San Francisco front seven. And I'm excited to see what the 49ers do with full week with uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, being able to play running back for them. You saw things kind of open up for George Kittle in the passing game last week. And I think you're just going to see more improvement from these guys as the year goes on. So give me the 49ers minus one and a half. Yeah, man, I love it. I love it. Shanahan, nine and three against the spread against McVay. 49ers have covered six straight against the Rams. Dominated the Rams in week four, winning 24 to nine. Uh, they're, the 49ers are just better on, on both sides of the ball, uh, defensive, offensive line. And that's even obviously with the Rams having Aaron Donald. 49ers are still better. They have Bosa back, which is big. No, no, uh, Cal use check, which hurts that line that the uh, that offense a little bit, but they do get Trent Williams back, who actually wasn't even playing the first game when the 49ers whooped them. Um, so you know, a bunch of big things there. And one last thing, even if Debo doesn't play, he could be a game time decision, uh, due to a hamstring injury. So definitely want to keep your eye on that. They have, uh, as Booth mentioned, they do have Christian McCaffrey which is going to be awesome to see them both on the field at the same time whenever that does um, happen more and more. But even if Debo doesn't play, McCaffrey can do a lot of the same stuff that Debo can. So um, even if Debo doesn't play, don't expect a huge drop-off there offensively for them. So, uh, yeah, man, I am definitely down to locking the Niners, minus one and a half. And let's get that money. And you know what? Boom, if you want to add in the other two, because I like under 43. 2049 first game. You want to do under 43? Yeah, let's do it. Ah, oh, yes. Let's do it, baby. 
Another double lock. Let's lock it in. Get both that money picks. Okay, that takes us to the Sunday night game, which is the Green Bay Packers at the Buffalo Bills. Bills laying 10.5, and, and you're over under at 47.5. So this is going to be one of those ones I'm going to zig. At least I'm very tempted to zig when everyone else is going to zag. Buffalo is built to stop the pass, and Green Bay is a good running team. Green Bay is better against the pass, and the Bills are predominantly a passing team who does not like to run. In an NFL season where everyone expects a certain team to either blow a team out or at the very least win, that has not happened a lot. I am am not saying that the Green Bay Packers are going to beat the Buffalo Bills. But you are giving Aaron Rodgers 10.5 points after losing straight up with his team against the wall with an offensive scheme that is built to keep other offenses off the field if they get their running game going. Give me the 10.5 points with the Green Bay Packers. So I'm sorry, Nate. You said you were zigging or were you zagging? You know, I'm going whatever whatever the other one is against what everyone else thinks. Because <laughs> well, I want to do what you didn't do. So I, I, I'm just going to say I'm going to zig, and uh, I'm going to take Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo, I believe, is actually number one against the run, so we'll, we'll see how Green Bay does with that. And we kind of touched on this last week, and, you know, you, I've heard plenty of other people talk about it, but Kansas City and Buffalo are kind of in a league of their own. And – with Buffalo getting the win against Kansas City, that gives them the tiebreaker for home field advantage. And obviously they've had to go to Kansas City in the playoffs. I'm sure it is on their list of things to do this year to do everything within their power to make sure that they get that game at home, you know, come January. So taking care of business against a team like the Packers, uh, I know it's 10 and a half points here, but I think Buffalo is that much better than them. And I don't, th- I don't expect them to take it easy on anybody this year. So give me, give me the bills, lay in the points. I'm going to zig. Nate's going to zag, but will he put it on the pizza box? You know, Boof, I was, I was waiting. I was waiting for you to come at me. And uh, just to show you, I'm a man of my principles. I'm a man of my word. I'm a man of my convictions. Even though I feel like I'm fighting an uphill battle this week on both of my picks, I'll pizza box both them with you, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> pizza box! Okay, the final game this week, the Monday night game, is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Browns getting three and a half, and you're over-under at 47. So I was going to take Cincinnati, but out of nowhere, today we get news that Jamar Chase is out, and like the line barely moved, if, if at all. So uh, I, with that being said, I'm going to take Cleveland um, plus three and a half. I, I think Cincinnati is really going to miss Jamar Chase. Um, him getting going the the last two weeks to me has really kind of fueled their entire offense, uh, meaning you know meaning Cincinnati's offense, and I definitely think they are going to miss him. So uh, it's enough to make me want to take Cleveland at home with the points. Oof. Yeah, I can't do that. Even the even with Jamar Chase not playing, I still like that Cincinnati wide receiving core. You still have T Higgins. You still have Tyler Boyd. Uh, you still have Mr. Hurst at tight end, who I think can be very explosive. Joe Mixon has looked better. Not that he's looked bad, but uh, I just think they're using him a little bit better with them uh, going with a pass-first approach last week. And if the Bengals continue to do that, I still think that's enough to get the uh, cover against the Browns. 
I'm still on the Bengals. Not as confident as I was without Jamar Chase, but I still trust Joe Burrow to get the job done here. So give me the Bengals minus three. Well, uh, do, do we pizza box this one here? I mean, if you want to pizza box the Browns, be my guest. Yeah, I mean, if you, took, you, if you took poo with the Lions, I will take poo. Or, did you take poo with the Lions? I did take poo with the Lions. Yeah, then I'll take poo with, with the poo Browns. I got, I got a three and a half here. I don't know where, the, where this three top is coming from. Um, I mean, I've seen a three out there. We'll double check here. We'll double check. Uh, yes, we still have threes on the board. Three, uh, predominantly threes on the board, actually. The only two three and a halfs out there are FanDuel and Foxbet. So for those who like the Browns. All right, well, do you want to do that stuff where we, like, fudge it? And, like, I get the three and a half and you get the three? Yeah, we'll both take the better number, of course. All right. And then how about uh, do you entertain under it all here? No, actually, I'd lean over. So I'm, that's the case. I'm staying away from an under if you're feeling under. You want a pizza box that? No, I said lean under, not love. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, that's all. All right. <laughs> all right. All right, indeed. That's it for week eight. So let's see what uh, let's see what the podcast has prescribed to treat those burns from last week. Yes, uh, this week's money picks. We got a nice even dozen on the board. It's got to be a lot. So uh, let's go twelve and zero and get back over five hundred this week miraculously. What do you say about that, Poof? Huh? I don't really see anything else happening. I mean, I agree. We don't have any teasers on the board, so at least we can't go zero and whatever on them this week. So, you know, actually, we can go undefeated on teasers this week. I'm going to go with that. True that. <laughs> All right, this week's money picks. We got Ravens, Bucks under 44 and a half, which we already locked in. Um, tweeted out as a money pick earlier this week. That is up to 46 and a half, so crazy line movement against us there. So you can actually get a better number as we record uh, right before the Thursday night game. And we got Eagles over 13 and a half, first half team total, and Eagles minus 10 and a half. For the spread, full game spread, Titans minus two and a half, San Francisco minus one, and game total under 43, Washington plus three, and game total under 39 and a half, Las Vegas Raiders minus one, Arizona Cardinals plus three and a half. I have Tennessee Titans wrote down here twice, so apparently that's 11 picks. So um, my bad on that one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if the if the Titans win, I'm totally okay with counting that as you know two wins. But anyway, uh, last one is the Giants in Seattle under 44 and a half in the Jerome Boger um, slash Mike from West Virginia under special. So um, that is 11 money picks. Let's go 11 and 0. Let's get back to let's get back to 500 this week. And with that, we know uh, we know what time it is, baby. Ah, yes, it is time for some parlays for the people. It is. And in the interest of time this week, since we are uh, having a little bit too much fun and running a little long, we're going to skip straight to the Get Out Jail Free Parlay. These will be posted 
actually already are posted online. So check out our Twitter, check out our Facebook. You can find the complete three tiers for this week's parlays for the people. And uh, again, we're skipping right to the get out of jail free, which is the Baltimore Tampa Bay under 51 and a half Dallas money line and under 51 and a half Philly money line, Arizona plus 11 and a half New England and the jets under 51 and a half Washington plus 11 and a half San Francisco plus eight and a half and under 54 and a half Buffalo money line and Cincy plus four and a half. That is 11 legs for odds of plus 1026 which means a $100 bet will win you $1,026.08. So, uh, yeah, baby, let's get some wins. Yeah, fantastic, man, fantastic. Looking forward to hitting one of these here. And one of one of the interesting things that I always like to remind people about, you know, when you get into the parlay world here, that parlay Nate just shared is paying out at over 10 to 1. So, obviously, you know, you haven't hit any yet. If you hit that one, you're in the green on the year. So you literally can hit it one time and you're making money. That's right. So it's just one of those things. You just got to trust that you're making good picks. You got to know that more often than not, that something like that is not going to hit. But the times that you do, it's going to pay out enough uh, that it is worth it. Ride the roller coaster, baby. Yep, ride the roller coaster. Uh, but yeah, if we, don't, uh, if we don't have anything else here, was, uh, I thought we had a good episode today, Nate. Always good to hear your voice and talk some picks. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to making some money this week. And as always, best of luck to everybody, and let's get that money. Oh, uh, yeah. Get that money. Still fire talk. Just. <laughs>